This is the STL Soccer Chat. I think the only person that could make Precky work is Precky. Not a report. We're going to outwork the opponent. Yeah. And, and we totally, that's the saddest part about it, honestly, is we totally did outwork our opponent. Just St. Louis FC conversation for fun. No, I'm not flying. <laughs> <laughs> I love this club. I don't want to crash into a mountain. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. This is a different show, as you may have been able to tell by the introduction, but um, we are going to do a St. Louis chat. Uh, we're going to just talk about St. Louis and all the things that have been happening in the past, the present, and the future, probably especially. Um, to do that, I'm not going to talk to myself, thank God. I have Claude Carricker and Stuart Holtgren. Am I saying your name right? Yeah. I've never asked you. I've just said it a few times on my own, just guessing. Um, guys, thanks for joining me. How's it going tonight? Awesome. We are, we are at uh, Kirkwood Brewing Station. Uh, we have some fried green beans and uh, a cider and a beer and a soda. So we're all going to have a pretty good night, I think, no matter what happens in the next several minutes. Um, so let's get going with this. We're going to start from the beginning and work our way through everything that's been happening uh, recently and then maybe make some predictions for the future. So let's start with last year. Uh, <laughs> we went from Preki to Pulis. Uh, let's just start with you, like, I don't know, should we start with what went wrong? Should we start with, you know, an exit? We got a couple of games at the end there with playing the kids because we weren't in, in contention anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, if I could pinpoint what went wrong with Preki, I would be working for Fortune 100 companies, making lots of money and living on my yacht in the Bahamas. <laughs> um it was it was a weird it was it was a weird deal. I mean, everyone was so excited when the guy came in, and it seemed like the environment went pretty toxic pretty quick. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I've I've worked in a lot of leadership positions, and I know you know people aren't robots, and you have to treat people differently. And it just seemed like he didn't he didn't uh, obviously he's a smart guy. Mm -hmm. he, knows, oh, yeah. he knows more about the game than I'll ever know in my whole life mm -hmm. but it just seemed like for whatever reason it did not click with that group Stuart any, any thoughts there yeah it seems like uh, I mean the wheels just fell off was that the fifth game I guess the away match in Cincinnati when uh, we were riding high after the Ottawa and Red Bulls comeback wins um, and uh after that Cincinnati game, everything just started falling apart. He started benching uh, Cabalceta, went AWOL yeah. for the next two, three months. Uh, Cochran had his disappearing act also. It just, it, it seemed that's where the fracture started for me. But again, I think winning would have cured a lot. But uh, I don't know if it would have cured everything with with Precky, honestly, it, it seemed like there was too much damage done too quickly. Um, yeah. It, it, I, any mumblings, we can talk about mumblings and none of this is fact per se, but you know, like you said, Claude heard the players talk about how genius the guy was like immediately. You could tell the guy has a an incredible soccer mind, but, um, perhaps man management personnel, you know, personnel management yeah. went, went haywire early on. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, name player names, but I had one player tell me that he learned more in a short time with Precky than he had with years and years of his previous coaches. I love how you don't want to name names. No, I'm not going to name names. No, I thought you had something terribly <laughs> negative no, was going to come no. out and you're like being no. complimentary. It's no, great. but that person was, you know, pretty complimentary. He said, I'd learned mm -hmm. a ton from this guy. Yeah. Um, and then some other guys, you know, were very, very vocal about how they did not want to play with him and they couldn't wait to get out of town. Oh, and wow. that was and that was stuff that you know when we were losing the first couple of years. Every time you had an opportunity to talk to a player, they never really pointed fingers or, or true. said, "I can't wait to get away from the town." I mean, he wanted to drive people away from the town. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just it, like I said, it just went toxic hmm. fast. Yeah, think, but the uh, criticisms that we have for Pracky is actually pretty consistent with. Uh, what I've heard just talking to Toronto fans about because he was oh, coaching there for a couple of years yeah. and a lot of player conflict um, 
between him and his players, also between him and the front office, which is exactly what we had here. Uh, so in light of that, and he seemed to do fix all that in Sacramento, except Chad Bond and him had some sort of beef. Uh, Sacramento kind of smoothed over, so maybe that is the coaching norm for him is just the that one or two years or half a season before things just kind of fall apart. Hmm. That's interesting, yeah. Um, Claude, what do you think? You kind of touched on it. Do you think we could have made Precky work if we worked at it, if we tried to figure out personalities and got the right guys in here? Do you think it could have worked? I what would that look like? I think the only person that could make Precky work is Precky. Mm. You know, um, you know, we we always say, what's the one thing you can fix today to drastically change your results? And if the answer's not me, mm. um, you're you're not starting in the right spot. So, um, yeah, I think he would have had to have done some things differently. But you know, we're we're talking from the outside. Of course, I, I wasn't in the rooms, yeah. so I don't know. Um, I wanna, let, let's clarify all that right now <laughs> because you know we don't know anything we're not in on you know we're not getting inside information we've had a couple conversations with players but um, none of it is, is exact and this is also like I said before this is just us chatting about soccer so this isn't us uh, when I forgot to make that abundantly clear we're just hanging out talking about soccer so we're not trying to tell everybody what to think we're not pundits we're not anything like that we're just but, hanging out talking about soccer but, but yeah. honestly I think you said it I think um, he's probably brilliant with tactics but you have to inspire people mm-hmm. and from the outside it seemed like that was the part that was missing you know, pe- people didn't want to run through a wall for Precky. I don't. I don't think that yep. feeling was there. Maybe winning would have cured that. Of course. Yeah. You, know, you know, when you're yeah, all those late game losses and they just kind of sap it, and the losses build over time and eat at you. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine being in that clubhouse after some of those losses. Just, I know. God. <laughs> But yeah. you said it earlier, like, we won the first few games. We barely won those first few games. So we, but were, we won them in Precky style, But though. we were all feeling, like, great. Like, well, yeah. yeah. You know what? We but barely we were told, won. like, we're going to get a lot of late-game wins. You know, like, we're going to outwork the opponent. Yeah. And, and we totally yeah. – that's the saddest part about it, honestly, is we totally did outwork our opponents every single game. And every team who came to St. Louis or knew St. Louis was coming to town, they knew they were going to have to work their asses off. They probably dreaded it. They're like, oh, God, we got to run today because these guys are going to be all over us. And maybe they stepped up their game because of it. I don't know. But, man, our boys worked their asses off for Precky in training and in the game day. And I feel so bad for them that they worked so hard and got that losing record. And now they're looking for jobs. I feel like how many St. Louis guys have jobs right now? Three. Pleva, Herrera, who loaned back to El Salvador, and Adam Grinwist to Orlando City. Uh, which I guess, I guess props Beer- to them they all landed in good spots and Beerman today right oh Beerman yeah, yeah I got uh, Calvaceta Orange County SC what yeah. did, did Calvaceta go he went to he went back to oh, uh, Costa Rica Costa Rica with CAS something uh, I did see that too and man we wish all those guys the best of luck especially that list of guys I have no complaints about their play on the field and definitely not their heart in, in trying to win trying to do well for St. Louis so um, we wish them all the best for sure uh, but you know in, in other news uh, Precky was um, hired on to the Sounders as an assistant and I personally think he's going to do really well there um, I was I saw what was it it's the guy Mickey Turner is the guy that's uh, dealing with a lot of he's a lawyer and so he's, he's kind of translating things with the NASL um, what is this a lawsuit and uh, he was at some kind of a, an introductory game or, or training today and he saw Precky there so anyway uh, Stuart what do you think do you think he's going to do well as, a, as an assistant at Sounders yeah I think he'll do well I mean he obviously has the mind mindset so maybe being an assistant where he's not quite allowed to have the freedom to rub people the wrong way will work out um also he he had to be humbled a little bit by this last season you would hope at least yeah yeah it did not end well so uh i i think he'll bounce around i mean he got rumored 
he was rumored to go to LAFC for a little bit, and then uh, the new NASL team in Orange County, which may or may not happen. So I think Sounders could definitely work. It wouldn't shock me if it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I he's he's still brilliant. So uh, plus it's it's the St. Louis thing that anyone who leaves, I, I assume they'll be more successful elsewhere. Yeah, well, we brought Sam Fink back, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, what do you think about Brecky Sounders? I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's in a, a good spot where he can do well with what he can do well in. And, um, you know, the stuff that might be his weakness, he'll have other people to pick him up. Uh, and like Stuart said, people usually win championships when they leave St. Louis. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he'll win. <laughs> and he landed in a good spot for them to do well, for sure. Sounders have a good track record uh, for make, getting good right before the playoffs and going through. Um, uh, Poulos, Anthony Poulos. Let's talk about the new coach. I was underwhelmed at first, and now I'm actually extremely excited. What do you think, Claude? I, here's what I think. I'm trying to temper excitement because mm-hmm. I was really excited last year with Brecky. Right. Um, what, I, what I would wish for, if you said, okay, what do you wish for uh, uh, Poulos? I would hope that he gets the time to really build a foundation and, and we can start, you know, establishing an identity for the club. Because yeah. I think when you turn over the team every year, it's it's yeah. kind of hard. Like if if I ask you guys right now, what's what's St. Louis's identity? It's kind of been different, right? So I would like to see the groundwork for a, a really long term culture. And if that means he doesn't win this year, I, I don't care as long as we're making progress for long term growth versus yeah. right now. Stuart, I think. Uh, I mean, just just the initial first reaction from um, Ant talking to him at the announcement uh, press conference, he was uh, just very personable, and he was there for, I'll say, like two hours, two and a half hours just talking to people. and Anyone? Anyone that walked up? Yeah, he talked to anyone. <laughs> he, I mean, he wasn't maybe the most... Uh, bubbly personality but he was very very friendly very outgoing and uh i guess very english and uh or british yeah british yeah he's he's welsh um um, but yeah first impression was great i liked how he mentioned he was going to be around for more than a year Mm -hmm. Uh, stability would be a big thing to build off of like claude said and stability with coaching Hopefully, at some point, stability with with players coming back. It'd be nice to have more than just one or two guys that stick around a season. Yeah. Uh, so initial impressions good, and he was by myself out in the back slightly. He was one of the three guys I was just kind of eyeballing when Precky went sideways with uh, thought Jimmy Nielsen would have done really well or Dos Santos. Um, but Man, course, I was on the Dos Santos. Uh bandwagon a little too much yeah i was really disappointed to be honest with you i was like not oh no i wasn't disappointed i was very surprised that it wasn't him because it seemed like maybe we could have gotten him but now thinking about all the variables do we really want another all-star coach who may or may not have an ego who may or may not want to work with the front office who may or may not want to bring in his own guys and say, you know, to hell with everything else, you know, like, do we want that personality or do we want a guy who wants to prove himself, who wants to make a name for himself, who wants to show the world that he can take a team who can't seem to make the playoffs into a playoff team and maybe a contender for the, for the title. Um, the guy's hungry. The more I think about it, the more my, my expectations have been, you know, in, in what coach we can pull because potential was high, um, has been a little tempered. So um, I'm, you know, those are the benefits, obviously, of Poulos. Um, but again, the more the more I hear from him and, and look at what he's doing and, and trying to do in St. Louis, I like everything I've seen. Claude, I don't know if you've said anything about Poulos yet. Other than I really hope he gets the time to, to start building. I mean, that's that's really it. I, I wasn't at the announcement, so I didn't get a chance to meet sure. him. I haven't met him yet. Um 
but I, I, I definitely like what I hear so far. I think he's got he, – he's not coming in full of promises. We're going to win and we're going to play attacking <laughs> football and, and you know, um, we're not going to try. We're going to win, you know. I mean, it got us all excited last year, mm. um, which made us more disappointed. I like the fact that he's saying, give me some time and I'm going to build something special. I think that will do us more good in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about players in and out because that it goes. We'll talk more about Poulos. I want to hear more about your thoughts on who we got and how that relates to Poulos. Uh, because I think to continue on in what you're saying there, Claude, it's we do have some superstars on this roster. Don't get me wrong. I mean, to, the guys that are sticking out obviously are um, Herzog, uh, Tomas Gomez. And, um, you know, Wallfall is an amazing player, as well as the newest guy, Cho, uh, Joey Calistri. Those guys stick out as, as attackers who can, who can pull us over the edge, but none of them are flashy, per se. None of them are going to have that flair. It's not like we have any, you know, dribblers, no, like Freddie Adu is not coming to St. Louis, <laughs> thank goodness. Um, you know, no one crazy what it looks like is a foundation a pretty strong foundation we went for goalkeeper and defenders right off the bat and we got plenty of them right and um got some guys who can score in almost any situation it seems so um let's talk about let's maybe each one of you claude we'll start with you why don't you pick one or two players that you want to talk about just kind of talk about the roster in general New players or the one I'm most excited about? Well, yeah, let's talk about all the guys coming in that you're, let's talk about the ones you're most excited about. All right. Um, because the person I'm most excited about is Sam Fink. Uh, nice. I'm a big believer that, I, I don't know, I understand the league is 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 somewhat temporary. Rosters are going to turn over a lot because they're young guys trying to go somewhere else. But I think for the long-term health of this team in St. Louis, I, I would like to see a few guys get really popular and stay for a few years. Yeah, and I think Sam can be that guy for us because people were thrilled when he came back. Yeah, you know, um, I think he's you know a good <laughs> local guy who could be the face that we need to actually get some of that publicity you were talking about earlier that we're missing out on. Yeah, um, I mean, like super humble, yeah, hard yeah, worker, exactly, good he's, player. He's more he's a St. Louis type. Exactly. Player, right? yeah. He works hard. He's going to talk to you when you try to talk to him. Um, he's not going to go out and do something stupid mm-hmm. and get in trouble. He's I was just listening a solid today. Guy. What was that? I can't remember what that called. It's the Total Soccer Show. Is no, it's the other one. Um, I can't think of what it's called right now. But they they do the other one with Travis Clark, where they talk about young kids. Mm-hmm. Their hashtag Play the Kids is how they sign off. Um, they were just talking about Josh Sargent and. Travis literally said, or no, 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 it was Tab Ramos was talking about Josh Sargent on that show. And he said, um, you know, a guy like Josh Sargent, it comes from a part of the country where you don't have to worry about guys working hard. And he said that about St. Louis and Josh Sargent, who obviously think Sargent, kind of of the same, you know, same kind of quality Mm -hmm. in St. Louis style. I had to fit that in because I loved that on on Total Soccer Show. Go ahead, Claude. No, I mean, so, so, so he's the one that I, you know, that when I read, I said, all right, Sam's coming back. Um, but there's some guys I really want to see play. I mean, um, you know, Gomez and Reynolds and uh, Dakers. I mean, those are guys that, you know, you would look at when they were on the other team and say, oh, that, I, I like the way that guy plays. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a, a much better chance to see them now, and I appreciate it. But, but you know, like you said, there, a lot of these guys are really, really good on paper, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to temper excitement because well, – totally. We said that 12 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Stuart? Yeah, there's uh, – I mean, there also seems to be – there's a lot of character guys on this roster off the first – just first glance. Uh, the guy who really stands out, um, who's really outgoing, uh, Austin Marks. He's immediately kind of jumped in and interacted with a lot of the fans and social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a really nice guy, and I think he'll he'll certainly fit with the fans, and I think he'll fit with the team. I'm not sure where he'll be in the team, but well, it uh, sounds like he can play a lot of spots. Is the good thing about him? Yeah, midfield. Uh, I know he played wing. He did play guys. right back more than once too. 
strangely yeah. enough. Um, so I, I, I think he'll just go wherever yeah. Ant wants him to go, and I think that's a big reason why Ant picked him up. Um, I almost want to get him and Sam Fink in the same room because I feel like they'd be best friends forever. Yeah, close. <laughs> um, Herzog's just a kind of no-nonsense finisher that he's not fancy or flashy, but watching his highlight videos, he puts it away, and he's not afraid to get dirty. And I think as far as that aspect, he's close to uh, kind of what Veleski brings, but... I don't know enough to kind of compare them other than that. Yeah, I don't either, to be honest with you. Um, I will say that I know from watching Herzog, um, you know, I'm close with the Mongols guys who cover Pittsburgh, uh, where he obviously came from, and the dude is just a baller. And I want St. Louis to be ready for sure because he's streaky. I mean, he's going to score a lot of goals at once, and then he's going to go on a dry spell. Um, and so that was actually something that I liked about – we do have a lot of forwards on the roster already. Um and so, you know, I'll talk about two guys that got me really excited was um, Kalistri is a guy you can plug in if someone's gone dry. Like, say say you want to bench um, Herzog, which Pittsburgh actually did a couple times, surprisingly, last year when he was on um, one of his, his slow t- periods in the year. Then he came in off the bench, obviously. But um, Kalistri is a guy you can put up there with Valeski or any other forward, and um, he can help facilitate goals almost like Jackson. Not the same way, but, you know, Jackson did help. Um, Valeski score goals last year just by being on the field and stretching the field a little bit till he got hurt. Um, so I'm excited about Kalistri. He can also score goals. I thought he was a playmaker at first. He's not necessarily, at least from nothing I've seen. His college um, his college highlights were all just kind of um, just a – it seems like a blue-collar American striker. He can score goals. He can pass. He can do everything that needs to happen to get assists and goals. So I'm excited to see him. That was a good steal from Tulsa. Um, and then the other one is, is Walfall. Um, scores goals and is a guy that can dominate in the midfield defensively as well, just box-to-box. He's uh, Jermaine Jones' cousin, which is probably – from what I hear, he plays like him. So um, I'm excited to see him in green and blue and white. <laughs> um, those are the two for me. Are there any guys that also stick out to you guys? Any more we want to talk about? I think uh, with Wolf on the midfield, having Tony Walls back, which is going to be a, a great name combination this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wolf Having that, that partnership, I mean, Tony can just kind of control the midfield also, maybe give Walfall a little bit of space to kind of move around. I'll be interested seeing how they interact. Yeah. I assume they're both going to be starters, um, given their records. It's interesting we don't have a lot of winger types. We have mm-hmm. some forwards that can play on the wing. Obviously, Marks can play on the outside. Dickwa has played on the outside. Herzog has done it, but I don't know if I expect that to happen. Um, we have two fullbacks, uh, it looks like, who are adapted going forward here and there. Um, so just part of me thinks we might have a three-man central midfield. I don't know if that's going to happen. And actually, I meant to talk about this later. We'll just kind of get into it now. Um, part of me wants that because... Tony Walls can obviously be kind of the sweeper, um, kind of sit in front of the center center backs and putting someone like Walfall with another hard worker, maybe a guy who could play sort of somewhat of the 10, like, you know, maybe Martz is a hard worker. Um, Mirkovic, if you want to press like crazy, that is what he does. Um, part of me wondered if the team was trying to get rid of him and just couldn't, um, but he's here and he looks like he's available so if he was in the midfield I wouldn't hate it because he works his butt off to try to get the ball back in the midfield Uh, I think that's what he's best at at least Um, any other thoughts as far as you know what the team will look like in formation just generalities I would like to see Valeski and Herzog play at the same time me too because I think those two guys could really give an opposing defense a lot of problems because Valeski did by himself Mm-hmm. Um, he was always in their face, and, and they were always in danger of losing the ball to him. So if you have two guys up front, I think uh, that could be that could be fun. Without a doubt. I even you know I doubt this will happen, but part of me wants almost like a 
uh, five in the back, like a five, maybe a five, three, two. Again, this won't happen, but it'd be so cool to see um, Kalistri play in the midfield as kind of a 10 and then also have Valeski and Herzog up top. I mean, that would be so much fun to watch. Probably won't happen, but, you know, it'd be really cool. Um, but part of me thinks we have a lot of center backs. Part of me thinks we'll play with three sometimes, which seems to be a trend in USL. Obviously, like Cincinnati did that a lot. Louisville would do that. They'd go back and forth between three and four, depending on their opponent or be, depending on being home and away. And that's something about Poulos I wanted to say is that, you know, he and O'Connor from Louisville are close, it seems. And um, I don't know. To me, it just seems like there seems to be a lot of parallels between the coaches and that's nothing but good if that is the case. So that's something to hope for, perhaps not to count on. Uh, but you know, maybe he is looking at doing having those options in the back. Could you guys see that happening? Let's do it. Three, four, three. Yeah, and that's there's that too. Dick can play up top. We're gonna win. We can have three up top. It'd be fun. But yeah, I imagine some center back is 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 has a good left foot. I don't think any of them have uh, our left footed dominant, but um, you can get around that for sure. Um, there was something else I wanted to say, and now it is escaping me. Oh, I was going to say this about building a good base is that I wouldn't be at all surprised if this year is, especially in the West where it won't be that hard to slip into the playoffs, to be honest with you, comparatively. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be less difficult for sure. Um, and if they just defend well, almost look at like the, the Rochester Rhinos thing, the switchbacks of last year. San Antonio did a great job of that last year. There are a lot of teams out there that if you just defend well, you're going to make it to the playoffs and who knows what can happen at that point. You look at the Western final. I went to that with Swope Park versus OKC was the most offensive game you'll ever see. I mean, it was just defending well throughout the whole game. I didn't think anyone was going to score and no one did score till uh, penalties, obviously. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that is and especially when you're trying to start fresh like we are talk about developing a style and then building from there. That's a good way to start. Um, any thoughts as far as, you know, being defensive, attacking, what do you guys think? Um, I think the team's built for attack so far with the people they brought in, but with Ant, I have no idea what his coaching style is. Not as much as Cincinnati, is. though. You know, like, uh, Cincinnati's ridiculous right now in attack. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're never going to be a Cincinnati. No. You know? you <laughs> the money or the resources for that, but uh, we definitely have more attacking options, I think, than last year, though Pyramid and Seb were, uh, pretty heralded when we got on I mean Seb had an awesome season with OKC two mm-hmm. years ago uh, so I, I think we have the attacking options but I have no idea how Ant actually likes to form up right um, I I don't know I mean well we have no idea yeah because he was a two team last year so how much say did he actually have probably almost none maybe I don't know they didn't change much last year. They kind of played the same way throughout the whole season. So, um, any thoughts, Claude? If you're asking for my preference, <laughs> I'm a Manchester United fan. So That's I, why we're here, I, actually. So I always all... say attack, attack, attack. <laughs> um, there's, there's, a, there's too, <coughs> too low of a margin for error when you try to win games 1-0. to zero. So, um, I say Good throw point. everything but the kitchen sink at that goal. <laughs> score, score, score. It's fun to watch, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot more fun to watch. That was part of the thinking last year, too, was, you know, they wanted to have attractive attacking soccer. That's what so, we were promised, yes. Yeah, right, right. Um, which, I, I mean, I think I'm alone in this. I actually enjoyed watching the team last year until the losses happened, you know. There were so many games. I was like, man, we look so good. I think we're going to pull this out. And then at the last minute, that was it, you know. Um, I enjoyed watching us play last year. I really, truly, truly did. Um, you know, just weren't able to pull it out over and over and over again. So do you think they care about attacking soccer still? Do you think that's vital or, or do they just want to make the playoffs? What do you think? What's more important? That's a better question. Claude, what do you think? Playoffs or attacking style? Not that they're mutually. I think you probably need both. I think, um, 
the club's at the point where they really want to make the playoffs. Mm. You know, they, they need to make the playoffs um, to, to show some, you know, some of the casual fans in St. Louis that we're doing something, we're doing something right and you need to get out here. So I think for their long-term health, they need to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think if you're playing exciting games, uh, the people who do come to see you and the people who do come to watch you, that word of mouth gets out there that, you know what, we may have lost three to four, but damn it, that was a fun game. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think you kind of need both, to be honest. I like that. Stuart, what do you think? Uh, I'd say out of the two of them, and selfishly as a fan, but I'd, I'd say uh, playoffs are the necessity. And, and uh, as far as, you know, attractive attacking football is nice and a bonus, and I'd, I'd agree with Claude that, you know, 4-3 loss, late, whatever, uh, for casual fans does get them hooked. I think also the, the atmosphere of just the buzz of winning can also kind of generate some of that same thing mm-hmm. really just like when losing builds up with players it builds up with fans and uh, wins do too and I'd really not to get greedy but I'd really love to have just a 5-6 game like steamroll run that <laughs> Louisville seems to have every year mm-hmm. which uh, OCB did have what 10 games I think yeah OC- it was a good run OCB's had it unbeaten and, and these are not teams that are you know outside of our you know resource level they're they're not, you know, MLS hopefuls. Uh, I mean, what, Charlotte had a five-game run last year? Mm-hmm. And they smoked us at the end of it 5-1. to one. That was a depressing game. But Well, but that was a good team. They were a good team. Yeah. and uh, But as a fan, that's hard to watch. Kind of, yeah. So I'm not advocating for, you know, Lily Baller grinding out one sure. nothing wins, but I would definitely take it. I would too. Uh, I mean, maybe that's more uh, speaking to how beaten and down we are as St. Louis yeah. fans. But um, speaking of Stuart, you were wearing a sweet hoodie right now. This is the uh, it's got navy blue sleeves and the old school St. Louis FC seventeen sixty four logo on the front. I haven't seen that. Is that in the store? Yeah, they rolled this out. Uh, I think they rolled this out at the beginning of last year, so Come they on. sold out pretty quick. Um, it fits a little tight, but. Makes it look swole. Be good. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> favorite merchandise other than the hat that, that the team's ever rolled out. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty happy with it. Though it's hard buying, spending $67 or $60, yeah. $70 for a, a hoodie in, in May. I feel you there. But, uh, <laughs> if you don't buy it in May, it's going to be gone by June. It's true. It's true. You won't have it for when it's cold, so. Well, let's move on to um, conference alignment. This is probably the biggest news in St. Louis um, and something we've all been waiting on for a long time. I think we all had like a, a dreaded feeling that we were going to go to the West throughout this offseason. Um, but as it turned out, you know, it could have the alignment could have ended up being so many different situations, you know, based on NASL teams coming over, based on expansion teams, based on teams dropping out. So much has happened in this offseason. It's insane what has happened. And what ended up happening is we went to the West. Let's talk about that and maybe try to figure out how it happened. Uh, We're going to start with Claude. um, And then we're going to end with uh, Stuart, who killed this subject on Twitter. (laughs) Stuart does a lot of research. Um, so, I love, and that's the reason actually you know, I, I brought you guys in because you're my favorite Twitter follows. Every time you guys have something to say, um, it's it's usually pretty measured and something I, I appreciate, much like your thoughts today. So, yeah, Claude, what do like, you think about I, the conference? First off, I appreciate that, but um, <laughs> I, I guess I I kind of thought we were going to end up in the West, um, yeah, just because of some of those NASL moves and it was starting to look more and more probable. So I, I didn't want to go to the West. I mean, if I had right. my choice, I, there's, there's some good away trips I would like to go to in the East, but I try to, I, I don't know. I try to live my life always finding the positive. And my first inclination was to complain about going to the West. But then I thought, you know what? 
Columbus Crew fans wouldn't <laughs> complain about their conference. <laughs> we're lucky we have somebody. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, we're lucky we have somebody. So I, I just decided not to not to throw the fit I initially wanted to throw. Yeah, you know, totally. Right? Stuart, though, I mean, that said, there. I mean, there are some very good arguments for not putting St. Louis in the West, and you put them out there and nailed it in that way. Do you remember some of your tweets that you put out there? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest one, of course, is uh, <coughs> fans, as Claude touched on, is uh, there's so many matchups that are just so close by. Yeah. Um, Indy would have been a fantastic away trip, Nashville, um, Cincy, Louisville, of course, but even Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is the fifth farthest away East team, and that would have been our third closest. Oh my gosh! Uh, West team. So, and that was like seven hundred and eighty mile round trip or something like that. <laughs> so, it's really closer than uh, you'd think. Uh, so, that's argument in favor of staying in the East, and of course it doesn't make a lot of sense with uh, 17 in one conference and 16 in the other that you would move a right. team. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest, like, mm-hmm. we're, like, why? Why did this happen? Yeah, and maybe they were in discussions with uh, Miami at the time, so maybe they mm-hmm. preemptively put St. Louis in the West to make room for Miami if it happened. Yeah. And, I mean, that Miami is a big enough get that, you know, that might – have been enough for the USL to do. Uh, no doubt. And we also, the, I think my only argument was, which I 100% agree with you, and I, I think East would have been like 1 million percent better for St. Louis and arguably better for the league, to be honest with you, that if we stayed in the East, um, ticket sales are going to look a little different just for that fact alone uh, next year in USL. Um, but I think the only argument I have is I just wonder when the decision was made and how it was made, you know, like did USL go to St. Louis, you know, after the final last year and like, Hey, let me tell you all the things that are going down right now. If, if, if you had to choose right this second, if, if we weren't sure, like if we knew we could nail down, I know for a fact you're going to be in this conference East or West. And let's say West, we think is going to be a little easier for you or more likely for you. What would you choose? And if you had to choose, like, say, October, November, December, West is kind of a good decision in that if you know that it's probably going to, you know, you won't, you can build your roster knowing for sure that you're going to the West. That's a help. Going to the West means playoffs are a lot easier, as I kind of said earlier. I mean, do you think St. Louis literally took the one thing that they need to improve on the most, which is on field, right? They have everything else relatively figured out. Okay. But the worst thing St. Louis has going for them is losses and not making the playoffs. If you can fix that with one decision going to the West and you sacrifice other problems, that's a pretty good motivation. And so that was my only thought is that, man, maybe Pat Berry and Jeremy Allenball looked at the West and were like, we can get into these playoffs pretty easily. And our fans are going to be really happy that that happens, even at the cost of them being really pissed, which they are. We, we all are pissed that we have to go to the West. What do you think? Is that not good enough of an argument? Well, if we make the playoffs, I think it is. Uh, which is kind of like saying, you know, Precky would have been fine if we'd won, I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've accepted it at this point. Yeah, same. With the way things are stacking out East, I don't know if we currently have a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Cincinnati and uh, Louisville and Tampa all look to have those top three spots locked down. And yeah, they really do. I don't know if Nashville is going to make the playoffs. They've made some signings, but I mean, there's just too many unknowns for most of the teams in the USL right now. For ask ask again, and we'll figure that out after uh, training camp and all the cuts happen. So, two teams have pretty much no one on their roster right now. So, yeah, (laughs) who knows if you know Mitch Hillbrandt will start for Atlanta Mm -hmm. United two or back up in the senior squad. a lot of fun discussions like that actually yeah you know atlanta too especially with all the signings that the senior team's making 
Atlanta two may look better and better because those guys aren't going to make that first team. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see, and they'll sprinkle in some guys like uh, Goslin and Carlton. Right, I'm sure to see some time on the second team. So, but my gut feeling with Atlanta is that they won't make the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I feel that too. We'll see. Any other thoughts about conference alignment? Anything else you want to say? No, I mean, I I think it was probably a much later decision than... You do think it's more late than early? Yeah, just, just you know, the just vibe. from rumors, sure. um, you know, that I heard coming out of there was that not too long ago they were still kind of trying to figure it out themselves. Wow. Um, so I don't think they had as much that kills notice that one, as yeah. you would like. <laughs> um, but, you gotta wonder you know, too, like really, you know. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think with that NASL stuff, so up in the air, mm-hmm. um, it really, it, it really, it messed that, everything it, up. Yeah, yeah, it totally screwed everything up. And you know, we'll touch on that now, actually, because I really think that messed up. I'm really excited about USL three, um, Division three that's going to pop up next year. They just announced Tormenta FC is the first USL. D3 team um, in Georgia that's pretty awesome but look at we lost four teams this year because they couldn't get sanctioned in Division 2 and Division 2 sanctioning took uh, precedent over um, having clubs uh, because of this lawsuit with NASL and so we really almost needed Division 3 this year for the lawsuit to not have happened but here it is we're dealing with it so it really sucks that we lost four teams and that that is part of the reason that St. Louis did get shoved, you know, pushed around for the fourth time in a row. Um, but I'm excited about USL three. Um, do you guys have thoughts on like how that's going to play out? Like, are you guys, are you guys, uh, you guys want all the two teams to go down, or you want some to stay here? What do you think, Stuart? Uh, I'm a hardcore uh, move the two teams down to uh, Division three. But I and I think uh, Swope Park's move is kind of lining up for that because yeah. instead of putting the money into expanding, renovating, uh, yeah, Swope Park itself. It could, uh, I've been there. They could have done it. It wouldn't have been hard. Yeah, they, they already stretched reality with how much their uh, standing room only figures were last year. I think it was fifteen hundred mm-hmm. of their capacity was standing room only. So. I don't think they could have moved it up another 1500, but they could have put 1500 more in bleachers. And, but at that point you have to add facilities, changes and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. deal with extra parking. So I think Swope, my guess would be Swope is going to ride it out until D3 is established and then move down and they can sit in uh, Shawnee Mis- mission South. Right. For this year. Yeah, this year and maybe next year until there are some more central teams. Which I've asked, in case you guys are going, no beer. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I've heard my biggest disappointment. Flask it or or something, we'll see. Um, No doubt. And it's in the middle of just neighborhoods, so. Yeah, it's right by Leewood. It's just like a rich, you know, commercialized. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's not a cool part of town by any means. Um,. Claude, what do you think? Two teams down, two teams stay. I agree that I would rather see two teams down. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I kind of like the hybrid version of the two teams, but I don't. I, really, do I don't really like fifty people in a giant stadium, right? In a two team, that's the that worst. Looks bad for the league, I think. Especially in a final, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I'm actually really curious what will happen to the hybrid teams because I'm okay if they stay, and I think it's better. I think it's money well spent to get their um, young players better competition to stay in the two teams like, you know, Bethlehem Steel yeah. made it to the playoffs with young kids. I mean, that was a cool run. Um, RGV, what, Seattle's moving to Tacoma this year. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what those guys will do. Would that would that make you unhappy if those guys stuck around, Claude? I, I think Seattle is still a uh, – I mean, Tacoma doesn't fit the D2. I don't, or Tacoma actually – Never mind, they're in Seattle's metro area market, so they do fit D2 requirements. I will see if the Tacoma Rainiers run the business operation, I could see it being somewhat successful, but Seattle seems more concerned with getting 
experience for their guys and what level they're getting experience at. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for, for Portland and Toronto. Um, New York seems to care more about competing the baby bulls up there. Um, but I think the other hybrids, Reno and, and RGVFC, they'll stick around in Division Two if they're financially stable. Yeah. And uh, RGVFC obviously inflates their numbers a lot, so I don't know how they're doing financially. But Right. And, and that's the other thing is if they want or have to go down, there's another option. They don't have to fold for a year like uh, Rochester and all those other guys, OCB. Um, I, I'm just excited for that buffer zone. You know, like if someone's not quite there, they have a place to go. They have a place to settle in. And not only that – we get those division four teams that are excelling doing better than all the other division four teams are going to start moving up more and more with this capitalistic pro rel situation that we have going, I guess this, uh, this next season. So it'll be fun to watch that. Um, any other thoughts on USL division three? I mean, there was some talk today about, um, Madison, Wisconsin, about them converting their, uh, the UW baseball field up there. It's multi-use right now, but changing that into a uh, soccer stadium or (laughs) adapting it for soccer. And I mean, Madison is an awesome college town, and that would be a fantastic, uh, I think, D3 spot, maybe D2, though it's like 650,000, so it would be below the minimum for D2. But who Um, knows how much they can draw? That's the crazy thing, especially in a college town, which we've seen is super successful. That's my. That's another thing is you know damn the the number requirements for a city. Yeah. If they can draw six thousand people, bring them up. You know who cares? That's exciting. So why not? Yeah, I didn't know that about Madison though. That's a, that's a good spot. Um, and I don't know any of the other honestly USLD three areas. I know uh, a few of the um, what the NISA cities. Yeah. Well, Lexington's been tossed around Lexington, Kentucky for uh, D3. I'd be shocked if Des Moines, if the Menace haven't been approached or mm-hmm. talked to by either NISA or USL about bringing their team up. But they have some issues with their stadium, which they'd have to fix. Okay. I mean, Sean O'Hara would know more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool club, though, for sure. Yeah. I know uh, Wichita, who we played in the Open Cup, has, uh, they're hoping to do it, too. So, uh, which they can do it with where they are if they have the money, without a doubt. Just need to cut that grass a little, a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, preseason st- schedule came out uh, recently. We'll be playing one, two, three, four, five games in the preseason that we know of, at least. Two in Florida, one on the berm at uh, SIUE, and then... Uh, actually, I think they're playing two games against Denver, so maybe it is six. And then the interesting one is uh, Louisville City will be playing them in preseason um, in Evansville, Indiana, which is kind of an interesting move. Claude, what do you think about preseason? I think that's going to be awesome. I do too. Uh, I can't game wait in to Evansville go. It's going to be great, <laughs> and I hope we have 300 people make that drive. Yeah. It's not that long of a drive, mm-hmm. and it's a Saturday game, I believe, so we better have a big crowd. I agree. Because we we could blow the doors off Evansville. <laughs> uh, I think that the game you talked about Edwardsville. I think isn't that at Soccer Park this year? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's not actually in. Edwardsville. Oh, it's not on the bird. No, we're oh. playing them at at home. Gotcha. Thank um, you. Which took me by surprise when I saw it, but I like it. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Don't have to deal with that parking situation we had last year so. yeah. or the crazy breeze up on that bird <laughs> it's yeah. cold I had a great I, honestly I don't know a lot about FC Denver I think it'll be good to play them a couple times and, and there's a partnership mm-hmm. which I yeah. read about today yeah. which yeah. I didn't know about that do you know more about it Chloe? no I, I saw the tweet at lunch while I was at work Same. Uh, but that's all I that's all I saw Stuart what do you think I'm my initial reaction was I was kind of underwhelmed. Uh, last Same. year we played, we had Ottawa. Uh, D.C. United. D.C. United. That awesome Orlando City game. Mm-hmm. So we had several, you know, major league professional clubs that we were playing against. And this year it's only Louisville. But at the same time, I mean, last year didn't work out for us. So maybe <laughs> different approach is better. <laughs> uh I'm real excited that there's going to be, you know, 
three games at Soccer Park with the two against FC Denver mm-hmm. and uh, the away match in Evansville that are all drivable. So that's that's really exciting, and it's it's only a month away now for that first um, match at home versus SIUE. So yeah, uh, February twenty fourth. It's uh, going to be here fast. It is. It's not far away at all. And I think I one hundred percent agree with you, Stuart. I was underwhelmed. I was a little disappointed that. You know, we didn't get any big games because the weird thing about it is, you know, some of these they're going to Melbourne, Florida, which is not far from the Florida Cup where a million teams are down playing that Florida Cup and playing and training at Bradenton. It wouldn't have been hard to get in some some time with against those teams um, or even entering the cup itself. Um, So I think if I had my my druthers, I I would say a mix of what we did. I love that we're doing those games nearby, like you said, uh, Stuart, but one MLS team, two MLS teams. It would be nice to see that that kind of competition. I mean, I literally watched our team go up against Kaká last year and, and Rivas. You know, like um, Johnson, like big name MLS guys were playing in that game. The first game played at the Orlando City Stadium, so that was a lot of fun to watch. It's a good memory for all the guys that got to play. So um, that's pretty cool. And I haven't said this yet, but I did officially figure out that I can go down. I'll be down just in long enough to see the Eastern Florida State game. And so I'm going to try to catch a lot of training and preseason stuff down in Florida the week before that game and catch that game as well. So uh, definitely look out for that kind of coverage. I'll be interviewing as many people as possible, as many as they'll let me. Uh, just like last year, I actually interviewed Precky last year. I don't know if anyone caught it, but I did talk <laughs> to him uh, shortly. Um, so there's that. Um, preseason schedule it leaves us really with the schedule the regular season schedule and really i mean we again we can sit here and complain about how far all these places are um which maybe we should do some more of but um let's start i guess with what are some of the better matchups that you're looking forward to this year or or even just general thoughts about the schedule itself claude what do you think (laughs) The one that well, the stretch that's most exciting, and it's because my wife and I have been planning the trip yeah. all weekend, was uh, Seattle and Portland yeah. hmm. in the same week. So I think, um, for selfish reasons, that's the one that drew my attention the most because we want to go to both of those cities. Yeah. So um, that's the one that's taken most of my attention. We were talking earlier. I was somewhat surprised that the extra games were. Uh, they, they shook out to be against Swope and Tulsa. Same, yeah. So I'm not really sure um, what went into that or if that's good for us or bad for us. It makes me wonder if they didn't want anyone to do cross-conference conference because if, if they could have made those any Eastern team, I would have rather have that, obviously. Oh, yeah. But maybe they weren't allowed to. I don't know. But, you know, Dude, we're doubling up against Swope and Tulsa. cross-conference total. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I think there's only two cross conference in the whole league matches. Oh, but it is it, happening. That, or I might be thinking of last year, the year before, but I think there's it's two teams or something. Like that. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, someone uh, mentioned it, but it was a West Coast team and someone. Huh. Um, so yeah. Could so be why St. Louis or USL are we not playing Nashville or Louisville or? Cincinnati, if we could have one game, two games, would have been really cool to do yeah. that. But with the way things are breaking down with Tulsa, though, maybe maybe that one game against Tulsa will be yeah. able to run him off the field, and without a doubt, he'll be better than getting blown out again by Cincinnati. In other news, they expanded their field, and the uh, they did the Louisville thing where the pitching mound drops down. Yeah. So maybe that'll be better because they have they had one of the skinniest pitches in USL for the last several years. So that'll be nice too. Um, and yeah. some other matches to uh, that just look good to travel to. I mean, Colorado. I mean, everything's a little bit more expensive, and uh, even bigger the time off it takes to go to a lot of these places. Um, but there, you know, some great places to go to: Colorado, uh, Swope for all the you know trouble we give them. It's still a fun trip to go out to KC. <laughs> uh, man. Tulsa's fun, apparently. It'd be fun to go out to Phoenix and see uh, Drogba play, since he's not going to come here, right. most likely. But yeah, the, that Seattle-Portland trip, I think a lot of people are going to make it. And uh, 
I mean, Las Vegas is the cheapest flight of all of these. Is it really? Yeah, it's but like a hundred. Vegas in July. They better have paramedics standing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be hot. <laughs> Um, but but it is the cheapest flight. It's like one hundred and seventy mm-hmm. to two hundred dollars round oh. trip, uh, compared to I think round trip for Seattle puts you back like four hundred. Yeah. Um, so he's right. The expense you can't go to all the trips you would want to go, but the West does have some pretty desirable cities that mm-hmm. you would want to go to and see your club. Um, really, there aren't many that you wouldn't want to go to. Yeah, exactly. you know maybe the Oklahomas yeah. <laughs> and, and Missouri, which were just adding to that uh, flyover uh, tag, unfortunately, to ourselves. But um, I would love to go to pretty much any city. Mm-hmm. Even Rio Grande Valley is supposed to be right on the Mexican border, which mm-hmm. would be really interesting to see that. Um, I would really like to see them play the Monarchs, which we'll catch them at home, obviously. Um, but I'm excited about that game. But I think, you know, just any of those cities, it would be a lot of fun to go to. I think people... Um, it sucks that it's so expensive, but the bright side is there are a lot of cool cities in the West. Yeah, and the front office has always done right by us when it comes to away trips or stuff like that. So I, I have faith in the front <laughs> office that they're... Uh, Maybe instead of bus two breaking down, it'll be plane two breaks down. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I don't want to be on the plane that breaks down. No, I'm not flying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I love this club, I don't want to crash into a mountain. <laughs> uh, no, but whether it's it's watch parties or something, I'm, I mean, I have total faith in, in yeah. the front office and how they treat the fans. So I think that's something that might have gotten lost in all the uproar about the conference changes. Fans weren't mad at the team uh, and the, the ownership, of course. They were just frustrated with the USL, and hopefully it didn't come across as attack on the club oh yeah totally no i i don't think hopefully it didn't i agree with you there which just shows how soccer is different you know you don't hear baseball fans hockey fans mm-hmm. complaining that they can only go to one or two away games a year that's you true know? that's <laughs> you know, true they're, they're away by definition you know that it's not supposed to be a home game man that's such a good point but we flipped our lids because they couldn't go to five, <laughs> six, seven away games. I mean, that's just, that's the passion that makes people like so this game. So cool. You know? Soccer's great. Yeah. And the, and the schedule, to be fair, too, we, we don't have a really a huge clump of games or a huge gap in games like we have had in the past. We only have two Wednesday away games and two Wednesday home games. Looking at Swope Park, they have... 10 weeknight games I think uh, including Friday so that doesn't quite count but Fridays aren't as good as Saturday and they go 10 weeks between uh, Saturday home games so their schedule is awful yeah Um, there was another team complaining about all the Wednesday and Friday games Uh, yeah it's that's bad when you get stuck with those for sure well if they can't drink, they'll be fine Thursday morning. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> if, if they're there, if they're 500 people in attendance. Exactly. I guess like, like Tulsa has that problem because of the baseball team. Right? Yeah, they so. got a few. Um, I assume some of those MLS2 teams do also, like mm-hmm. Seattle flying in for Wednesday somewhere and then a Saturday somewhere else. Um, That'll be rough. So the last thing I want to talk about, though, is uh, – Yes, the conference alignment, fourth year in a row, terrible. There is going to be a fifth year in a row, apparently. God help us. Fifth and final, perhaps. Hashtag fifth and final change um, to the Central Conference next year. What will you do if they don't have a Central Conference next year? (laughs) Will you blow up USL? I think I would consider blowing up USL. I'd be really mad. I really would. I mean, unless we lose a million two sides the first year, I would be really angry if there isn't a central conference next year. And a lot of it is the travel. I mean, it's, I understand one year going to the West the way we had to this year. It's fine. We can be team players and company men for a year, but next year, I mean, I will be very angry if there's no central conference. I, yeah. I mean, it's in their best interest to do a central conference. I think so too, but it got voted down this year for some yeah. reason, which I never understood. But I mean, just think of how that league's going to, 
take off when they really start driving those local rivalries. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's it, it's just so, well, especially for us at Spotty because we never play the same team <laughs> two years in a row. It seems. Yeah. Like. But um, yeah, yeah. I think when they get that central, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited about it if it happens. Yeah, and also who knows with the uh, with the rate of expansion, there could be two or three teams throughout the course of the season that just announce they're expanding to USL D2. I mean, you've got uh, Birmingham and Memphis coming mm-hmm. in next year, and probably losing Nashville next season, um, which sucks. Oh, we might, yeah. Um, but of Nashville in 2019, which makes the most sense. Or, or Cincy, but one of our central opponents is probably going to leave after the season, which would yeah. suck for us as fans. But uh, Memphis is close. Yeah, Memphis is yeah. close. I mean, Birmingham's only mm-hmm. seven hours. Well, that's not bad hours, either. Yeah. So. And maybe, you know, all those NASL expansion teams, those could end up USL. You know, there's a lot that can happen. Yeah, I mean. This world is changing minute by minute right now. Yeah. Maybe next year we're talking about Cosmos and uh, Miami, what conference they're in in the USL. I mean, highly unlikely, but possibly. (laughs) It'd be strange. All right. Anything else we want to talk about, guys, before we go? Um, Take that as a no. One more question. Yeah. Do you think uh, roster's finished? Or are we going to have a late add or two? Well, you know what? Let's count how many guys we got on our roster. Um, it is a lot compared to a lot of others. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, that means there's plenty of room, like set five, seven guys. I wonder how big it'll be. There's a lot of guys out there just waiting. A lot of ex-St. Louis players still available. I think, you know what? That's a good one because I would love to see, what's the list? Probably Seth Rudolph, Ryan Howe. Tyler David The way Howe played last year How is he not on a team already? Exactly How many left backs score that many goals in a year? Granted he could be rough here and there defensively But he really solidified that more and more He was one of the most improved players over the course of the year He had rough first few games And really kind of put it together So Played with with Stanley and Right Colbertson I don't don't know where Howe fits Unless Colbertson plays midfield um, and I don't think he will. But, I mean, we need depth at fullback or wingback, whatever it ends up being. Um, because look at what we had four or five fullbacks, if you include Aiden, last year. And how many were injured most of the year? Mm-hmm. I mean, at times we had no one else but what Playva had to play right back one game because of too many injuries in one game. So it's rough. It can get rough with injuries. So you know, we need depth in that defensive. Well, you know what? We need depth in the wings in the midfield. Lots of center backs, two great goalkeepers. There's there's a lot of depth to be found post training camp, yes, MLS yeah. training camp. So a lot of those guys are going to get cut. The yeah. draft, honestly, after that first day of the draft, not a lot of those guys make it. No, I'll be watching. I'm rooting for them. This is going to sound bad. I'm rooting for them, but I was really interested to see how Tommy Bowen, St. Louis kid that went to Wisconsin, um, got drafted by the Red Bulls. Uh, now, they have some missing spots in the forward position as Bezicourt is going up. And then, you know, um, what's his name went to um, Bethlehem Steel. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, Tommy has a good spot he could play for. And that's such a good club to, to learn under. So yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for him there. But if it doesn't work out, I want him here. <laughs> and there are a lot of MLS guys that could e- easily fall uh, in St. Louis. Austin Ledbetter. Got several starts last year and uh, I think did fine, all things considered. So, yeah. What, five, seven more players? What else do you think we need? I'd like another winger, um, fullback depth, like you said. Midfield, I mean, just depth all around. I think we yeah. have more or less our starting 11, but at the same time, Valeski came out of nowhere last year toward training camp no one expected him to fall into our laps so maybe True. we get a guy like that who uh, yeah maybe Tom gets cut somehow and he, he's not with uh, the baby bulls maybe we grab him or I mean there are a few other St. Louis guys floating out there um, maybe one of them comes back maybe some of the guys from the 23 mm-hmm. end up 
on the senior squad this year, but uh, we'll see. It, it's so hard to predict before the next three three weeks. Yeah. There's a lot that's going to happen in the next few weeks. I think Jeremy's going to be very busy. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the questions that we weren't sure about the answer to, hopefully, um, I hope to talk to them um, while we're in Florida. Maybe even Pat Barry can clear up some of those those weird things. So if anyone has questions they'd like me to ask or, or uh, uh, any players you want me to talk to, please let me know and I'll request it and see what St. Louis will give me. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, had a really good time. I hope we can do this again in the future. And uh, good luck to St. Louis. It was great. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you.